This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 193, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, August the 13th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 193. It's the Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, August the 13th. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and welcome to the show. Every week we take a look at the comics that came out the previous week in our un, sorry, our odd-numbered episodes. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I think we've been a little bit tardy. Um, we, this is uh, being recorded on a Thursday night, so comics actually came out more th- uh, eight days ago, so we're going to be kind of zooming through uh, extra quick today, um, which we've been doing I think the last few weeks that these reviews episodes have been a little bit uh, tidier and faster, fast-paced, not as kind of long-winded discussion of the issues, which to be honest I think works just as well, especially when it's been eight days since some of these issues have come out. Uh, First up we have Old New X-Men number 30, Um, Angel once again being on a cover and he's making out with uh, X-23. I don't know how I feel about this. I guess it's fine. I just don't feel the need to... Like, there's two covers now with X-23 just making out with people. Um, I guess it's kind of... I I guess the idea is that, you know, the X-Men have always been a soap opera, and they're just adding a little bit of romance and with the X-23 character. I don't know if it necessarily feels that authentic to the X-23 character and what she's been and what she's gone through, but... It is what it is. Bendis wrote it with artwork by Sarah Bocelli, and it's just gorgeous artwork. Um, so a lot of the issues focused, or a fair bit of it, is focused on Angel and X-23. They go to like a bar. Um, they end up kind of together. Um, then we at the back at the Xavier School, Jean Grey and Emma Frost have their own bit of a, a throwdown where we see parts of uh, the past or, or come up. And then eventually they end up having a, a bit of a funny moment uh, where they bond, which is kind of interesting to see. Um, we see more development of the Kitty Pride uh, Star Lord relationship, which I find I, I just absolutely hate it. I just I don't like Bendis's version of uh, Star Lord. So the Star Lord version that they, they're writing is very much the one from the movie, which is fine. But he was a very different character, or just he felt different to me. And now he just feels like a very different character, a Bendis character in the worst way. And him flirting with Kitty Pride, I just I don't like it, and I don't find the need for it. I don't think it's cute and funny. I just think it's really gets in the way and I hate it um, a lot and then the last page is kind of a ridiculous throwaway page because uh, if you're not reading all Uncanny X-Men sorry if you've read Uncanny X-Men you've already seen the scene it's a waste of a page if you're not it's this big kind of cliffhanger moment but then we're not going to see what happens next with that so what's the point other than to say hey kids go watch, go read Uncanny X-Men well what if I don't want to why can't I just read this um, so it's a little bit of a dick move to to do it in this manner. I'm not saying they shouldn't take the character off the board and make him go into a different book for whatever, but the way they do it here is kind of like a cliffhanger, like, dun-dun-dun, but we're not actually going to show what comes up next because it's going to be in a different different book entirely, so it is what it is. Uh, the artwork's gorgeous. The story I have some issues with. Um, it's a little slow, but it is a character piece issue, so I don't have any problem with that. It's just I don't necessarily like some of the character pieces. Um, overall, I'm going to give it a 6.5... Um, it, again, some of the character work is definitely needed, um, but it just felt like so much of the issue was taken up with the, a few the segments, and I don't really have a lot of love for the Angel X-23 love connection that we're supposed to be uh, enjoying. Uh, it was alright, but it just wasn't really something I was that into. 
Uh, and again, the Star-Lord Kitty Pryde thing I don't like. Having Emma Frost and Jean Grey really have a throwdown, or at least a real kind of meeting of the minds where they kind of come to a realization. Long overdue, it's interesting um, to have them maybe have a different relationship than Emma would have had with a grown-up Jean Grey. So it's interesting from that perspective. Uh, so I'm going to give that a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man number 5. Um, it's kind of a weird arc we're, going, we're getting because it's not kind of a clear, you know, Electro storyline. Instead, it's becoming more of a Black Cat storyline that we're getting by Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos. Um, to be honest, I, I did enjoy this. I mean, obviously I have some issues with the way that Black Cat's being portrayed because I always liked her that she wasn't really that villainous. Uh, but here she's much more villainous than I think she's ever been before and I found that a little bit... No, not really who the character is, and I guess part of it's here that she's going through this big change because of what happened to her because of the, at the hands of Superior Spider-Man. But it just it didn't quite gel for me completely. And having Electro just kind of acting as a as a flunky to her didn't really feel that genuine genuine either. Now I do like the high idea that Peter and Silk can't keep their hands off of each other. It's kind of an interesting angle to go that you know there's something that kind of takes over them themselves and they can't handle each other being in the same room without just kind of throwing their clothes off and just trying to make out with each other and potentially procreate and even the idea that Silk's uh, feelings towards Anna Maria like very like get away he's mine uh, is really interesting to see as well I love Anna Maria and how she's being written and how she's trying to have a com- you know some sort of communication with Peter and trying to come to grips with the fact that her Peter or her auto is gone um Having Peter go on television was kind of a cool idea as well. It's really showing how different and how far the character has come, yet at the same time hasn't come. Um, and then we get kind of him and Silk taking on uh, Electro and Black Cat, and then it looks like he's going to get uh, you know unmasked. I like that Jonah's kind of back in the public eye in some way, and probably works better for the character than if he was just to go back to something like the Bugle, whereas at least here it feels like there is some sort of progression for the character. Um, it's not just going back to square one. Um, I dug this. Uh, I like the artwork. I like the story. I like the Silk character. It's interesting what they're go- where they're going with it. Um, again, my issues with Black Hat and Electro aside, there's so much good stuff going on here, and there's so much developments that... I still ended up enjoying it quite a lot because a slot issue always feels like there's just so much going on in the best way possible. Uh, next up is Avengers World 11. Uh, once again, I, I dug this. Although there's so much going on in this book that there's so much not going on in this issue because we're we're, we're looking at certain aspects of the AIM issue but kind of looking at all the different things that are going on in this book. Uh, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Raphael, Raphael or Raphael Yenko. Um, really liked the art. Uh, I liked uh, how the the next Avengers were portrayed and used, and the teaming up with Shield, uh, the way that they revere Eden uh, for I guess his role in their future. Uh, then going up against Andrew Forson was interesting as well. Um, see what kind of to see what comes next, and see how the Avengers take on AIM and protect the White House in the next issue. I really dug this. It's a solid book. At times, I just will. I wish it was a little bit more. Um, what's the word? I guess a little bit just more consistent because, or not even consistent, but we go from story A to story B to story C, then back to story A. But it's been now, you know, three issues since we've discussed story A, then now I've started to forget. Like, for a weekly, I don't, I, I think that they need to work on blending storylines a little bit better as opposed to just letting them breathe, but then we're not, we're not remembering what the story was. Um, I'm going to give it an eight, though. Uh, next up is Batman 34. 
Um, I was not that big a fan of this. Uh, it's written by, what, uh, I think, plot is by Scott Snyder. Um, sorry, story by Scott Snyder and Jerry Dugan, written by Jerry Dugan, and art by Matteo Scalera. Not a big fan of Scalera's artwork. Maybe it's just that the angles are just so sharp, and, uh, and yet at the same time somewhat loose after having the controlled pencils of Capullo. Um, wasn't a big fan of the art. The story I found kind of blasé and uninteresting. Although that last page of um, the the skull underneath this the underneath the the ground made up of all the dead humans, that was like something out of uh, Hannibal, and I mean that in the best way possible. But it's also like kind of like ugh, that's kind of gross. Um, but I just I found the issue really kind of disappointing. It tries to kind of bring it back to the current continuity, but after having the zero year for the last year, but I just, I didn't find this that entertaining at all. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Um, and I'm being a little bit, a, bit, a little bit polite, I think, because uh, I don't even know if it deserves that. Uh, and I just, I found it uninteresting. Uh, Batman Eternal 19. This book has gotten away from what I think was so good about it when it first started. Um, that being said, it's still interesting. Um, this issue, story by Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV, Tim Seeley on script with consulting writers Ray Fox, John Lehman, artwork by Emmanuel Simeone. I do like his artwork. I liked, um, I did like the Batgirl, Red Hood, Batwoman moments. Um, the team up with uh, Bard, Batman, and uh, Killer Croc was intriguing. Um, the aspect. Uh, the aspects with uh, Red Robin I found a little just not as interesting. The Batwoman part of the actually of, of the issue was a little bit of a drag, um, but the Batgirl Red Hood stuff was actually really cool and really well done. Um, stuff with um, Gordon in prison, mm, again, didn't feel as fresh. I guess my issue with it is just when this was more of like a gang war and it was a little bit more of a, not a simple story, but it, it felt like it was a more... Um, clear kind of story concept and we had a few different plots going on but now they just feel so disparate from each other and um i don't know it just just lacks something i maybe it's just because i like the gang war that was going on i liked how that was being unfolded and then i felt like it wrapped up really quickly and now we're doing with other stuff which is okay but it just doesn't feel like it has the same impetus behind it or the same driving force that really made me interested in, in reading the first, you know, first, what, 10, 12 issues of Batman Eternal. Still, it's still a good book. It's just not quite what it was, and the art's good, but it's at times a little rough. Uh, I like a little bit a little bit more polished. Uh, again, the first few issues of this book were so good by Faybach that I really have ever since I've kept saying, if it's not quite Faybach, it's not Faybach, it's good, it's Andy Clark, it's good, but it's not It's not Faybach. So that's kind of how I felt here. I am going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Captain America 23. Okay, it's not that this issue was bad. It just felt so telegraphed that it took forever to get to the point. It's written by Rick Remender, artwork by Carlos Pacheco, um... I just it's so much of this, you know, this 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 mysterious character goes in the Avengers Mansion, goes up against, you know, Iron Man first, goes up against Thor. Um, you know, he's doing everything he can to get past them. He gets past um, Hulk, then he takes on uh, Steve Rogers, and then he amasses. And oh look, it's Ian, it's Steve Rogers' son. Duh. I mean, we all saw this coming, right? So I just I found it frustrating that it took so long to get to the point. We spent half an issue just go doing a fight scene that didn't really need to be there. Uh, and then the latter half, where we, where we see the um, what the un, the un, Unvengers unassembling, um, again felt a little bit 
too obvious. And then to really be obvious, we have now it would appear that Sharon, Sharon Carter is actually still alive and she's not really dead. Um, we don't really see a body, so I guess it's you know it's it's within the realm of possibility, and it's not a bad thing. I again. The idea of EM still being alive, of Sharon being alive, these are good things. These are things I'm interested in. It's just the way the issue is presented, the big kind of reveal, the two major reveals, I didn't, well, first of all, the one with it being Ian, I felt that was extremely telegraphed. I thought it was obvious. So I just thought that it didn't need to take up half an issue to try and be like, oh my god, look who it is, who could this possibly be? Oh, look, it's Ian. Like, yeah, I got it. I figured this out. It's not, it wasn't a hard sell, or a hard thing to figure out. With it being Sharon, being alive... It's not a huge surprise, but it's a nice surprise. Uh, I'm going to give the issue a six. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just it wasn't the best issue that Remender's written either. Uh, then we got Fantastic Four number eight. Um, artwork by Leonard Kirk. Story by James Robinson. Um, you know, it, w- it wasn't kind of bad. We have um, Jim Hammond coming to kind of speak with uh, Sue Storm. We have a nice interaction with Reed and Sue later where... Um, it, it's a nice kind of uh, redeclaration of their love for each other and that they are a family they'll get through things uh, a new kind of status quo for Reed in terms of where he's going to be working um, a, ni- a few nice tie-ins with um, the all new uh, invaders that uh, Robinson has been writing as well and at the end of the issue uh, the thing shows up at the powerhouse um, I think that's what they call it yeah the powerhouse where he'll be seeing what prison is like for the thing um I'm gonna give it a six. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad issue. It just. It's not quite hitting for me for some reason. I don't know why. It's just. I, I don't like the whole Johnny Storm as as a musician thing. I just don't like that kind of idea. It's not like it's the first time it's happened, but it's not like I liked it before either. Um, anyway, moving on, we have Hulk number five. So now it's no longer by Bre- uh, Mark Wade, but instead it's written by um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I believe it's by Jerry Dugan. Why can't I find a credit page? Here we go. Jerry Dugan wrote it with Mark Bagley and Art. I love Bagley's art. I love this whole Doc Green idea that he doesn't want to be called Hulk. He's Doc Green. He's not Banner. He's not Hulk. He's someone different. Uh, the way he's invented things. Uh, he has this solution to kind of depower, uh, gamma-powered uh, uh, characters. Um, I, I think it's a really interesting status quo. I like this new version of Smart Hulk. Uh, very different than the previous Professor Hulk. Uh, I like how they're kind of showing how the extremis is affecting him. I thought this was really, really good. Um, one of my favorite issues of the week. I'm actually going to give it a 9 out of 10. I love Mark Bagley's artwork. I just, I really enjoy the story. Um, now that I think about it, um, the biggest Hulk fan I know is uh, Tom Kerr, who's also a fan of the show and previous guest, and actually will make a cameo on episode 194. Um, he was recently over, and I completely forgot to ask him what he thinks of the current Hulk run because I'm liking it. I like the setup by um, and like the whole you know who shot the Hulk, Bruce Banner or who shot the Hulk storyline was interesting by Mark Wade, and the, how they've kind of used Extremis to kind of push Hulk in a new direction that's very different. I think is really cool as well. I like the Doc Green. I wish I had asked him what he thought of it because um, I think it's just really cool. So wherever you are, Tom, let me know what you think so I can uh, at least know how you feel about this. Uh, new direction for the Hulk uh, next up, so I give it a 9 out of 10 uh, next up is Justice League United number what, issue 4 I just found this boring um, I, I don't think it's it's one of a few books I think that they've been doing this kind of weird uh, red uh, thing whenever there's like a certain level of violence there's like a red white 
shading on the page. Um, this kind of ends the first arc. I, I just found it so boring. I didn't care. Um, this team just... It, I'm so bored by the way Jeff Lemire is writing this. It just, I, it's so uninteresting. I don't even know why they're a team. Why the... the the way that they kind of use the Iranians that are now part of the story, like, I just didn't care. The fact that it was just called Justice League Canada makes no sense because it took place mostly, mainly in uh, Ran, uh, so it had nothing really to even do with uh, Justice with Canada. Uh, Mike McCone's artwork is definitely not the best it's ever been. Uh, so Jeff Lemire and Mark, Mike McCone have put together this book, and I just found it so boring and uninteresting. And I, I just I didn't really care for the way the characters were written. Uh, the story is uninteresting. The artwork wasn't my favorite work from McCone either. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Um, it looks better than Batman, which I also give a 4 out of 10, but I, it just does not read well, and I just didn't care, to be honest. Uh, next up is Nightcrawler. Actually, you know what? I haven't finished this. I, I was like, oh, I, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the first eight pages. Apparently, I haven't read the rest, so I can't actually say whether or not I really enjoyed it. Uh, but so far, after those few pages, I definitely was digging what I was getting so far. Um, next up is Original Sin number 7. I just didn't like this at all. Um, I didn't think it was very interesting. I still don't really know what's going on. It sure looks like the orb's the one who kills the Watcher, but apparently we're going to see more secrets about that next issue. Um, the fight just took... I don't know. It, it felt so protracted, and seeing Nick Fury portrayed this way is not something I was really all that all that fond of um seeing him going up against the avengers like this um also the idea that now thor is unworthy i mean okay whatever uh i just found this bl very blase i'm gonna give it a five out of ten the artwork's gorgeous by uh, mike diodato but uh, jason aaron's script leaves a lot to be desired i don't know what the point of this series was um i thought this was supposed to be this cool murder mystery and instead i just i don't even know what the point of this book was besides adding another layer to nick fury's backstory that we didn't need and uh, and showing and and then kind of taking him out, making him kind of like a villain now, or at least an antagonist for the heroes. I just don't. I, I didn't like this. Um, five out of ten. And I'm being nice, and it's because of the artwork by uh, Mike Diodato, which is gorgeous. Um, and the last book, I guess I had a chance to read. I have a, a lot of books. Apparently, I read half of, but it didn't actually finish them. Um, so the last book I actually got a chance to read was Spider-Man 2099, which I really, really am digging. Um, the artwork's a little bit different. I mean, it's it's not that different, I guess, but it's, I don't know, something different about the way the art looks, and it's hard for me to put my finger on it exactly. Um, but Peter David's writing it, um, was it Will Slinney or Slinney is doing the, um, the art. I really dug it, mainly because there's not even a lot of Spider-Man 2099 action in here, but there doesn't need to be. Um... You know, obviously we get some of it. I mean, the first few pages are him what stopping a bank robbery, which I thought was really fun as well. The last bank robbery being like, you know, oh, you know, he got peer pressured into doing this robbery. He doesn't actually want to be there, and he gets punched out by Spider Man. I thought that was cool. Um, having Miguel and Tempest kind of having their kind of uh, interactions is interesting as well. Uh, but what I really dug was Liz, Liz Allen and her interaction with Miguel. And how he thinks about throwing her at the window, how he kind of reveals that he is from the future, although it doesn't quite cop to everything, but I thought it was intriguing. And then uh, her kissing him as well, like, that's not the Liz Allen I remember, but I like this Liz Allen, it's something different, she's an interesting character, uh, the way that Miguel is being written, I mean, again, you only got a little bit of, um, of actual Spider-Man 29 action, but I really like how Miguel is being written, I, I like 
everything about this so far. I mean, Peter David is just nailing it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think it was that strong. Um, the first issue I really enjoyed. I like that they're not going to play around with the whole, oh no, does, is Liz Allen going to figure it out? No, she goes and she figures it out. Uh, she's not played as an idiot. She's being written as a strong character. So is Miguel. Like, There's just a lot of times you don't get that in comics, but here you're getting characters actually be given brains, which is nice. Uh, the comics I didn't get a chance to read this week include almost everything. Um, let's see if I can go through this in less than two minutes. Amazing X-Men 10, Astro City 14, Avengers Undercover number 8, Batgirl 14, Bridge of Prey 34, Captain Marvel number 6, Coffin Hill 10, Constantine 17, Deadpool 33, Deadpool Dracula's Gauntlet number 6, FBP, Federal Bureau of Physics number 13, Green Lantern Corps 34, Harley Quinn 9, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 2 number 9, Inhuman number 3, Mad Magazine number 529, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble number 11, New 52 Features N15, New, Su- New Suicide Squad number 2, Nightcrawler number 5, Nova Special number 1, Scooby Doo Where Are You number 48, Smallville Season 11 Chaos number 1, Smallville, thir- uh, sorry, Superboy 34, Superman Wonder Woman 11, Thunderbolts 29, Ultimate FF number 6, Ultimate sorry, United States of Murder, Inc., number 4, Wolverine, 11, Wolverine and the X-Men, number 7, World's Finest, 26, X-Force, number 8, and X-Men, 18. Whew, let me take a breath. Uh, books that are coming out, well, technically, I mean, the following week, but really, that's yesterday. Uh, on the 20th of July, of August, conti- uh, contains some of the following selected comics, including Batman and Robin, uh, Batman Eternal, uh, for those who... Uh, we're reading Batman Incorporated in Trade. There's the uh, second uh, volume soft cover. There's the Brightest Day Omnibus, which is kind of odd because who cares now? Because it didn't end up really mattering to anyone because uh, by the time it ended, they had already really started. Flashpoint was going on, and then it was all gone anyway. That old DC universe. Um, they have newish. The big rela- launch, I guess, for the week is Multiversity Number One. So that'll be interesting. I can't wait to at least give that a shot. Uh, Supergirl crosses over with Doomed in issue 34. Uh, you have Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number one, which is a big deal because Wonder Woman now has two ongoings. And uh, then we, uh, let's see, look over to Marvel. Uh, there's new issues of Ghost, Old New Ghost Rider, Old New Ultimates, and Old New X Factor. For those enjoying the Epic Collections, we have the Captain America Epic Collection Society of Serpents. Uh, Daredevil number 7 comes out for those following the Daredevil by Mark Wade trade paperbacks you have volume 6 with one volume still to go uh, at least that particular run that has now been relaunched already uh, the end of the Deadly Hands, Hands of Kung Fu storyline I believe uh, the second complete collection of Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen. Uh, you also have the first volume of Loki Agent of Asgard. You have the fifth issue of Elektra, new issues of Magneto and Mighty Avengers, as well as Miss Marvel, New Avengers. Uh, Nova comes out, which is the original Sentian, which finally will reveal what happened to uh, Richard Rider, which I'm super pumped for reading. Um, the first trade paperback of the newest version of The Punisher comes out, as well as new issues of Secret Avengers, Savage Wolverine, and Original Sins, number five. Uh, the second um, issue of Storm comes out, Wolverine Annual number one, and the Winter Soldier Bitter March trade paperback finally comes out. Uh, so that is everything that's going to be coming out yesterday, <laughs> the 20th of August. So this has been episode 193 of Comic Shenanigans. Thank you for joining us, or for joining me. Uh, next episode will be our Talking Heroclix episode on the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, comic book set, um, So that which we recorded last week. Um, after that, we'll have... 
I have no idea, to be honest. Episode 196 and 198, one of them might be a solicitations episode. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with those or not. Uh, I've, I've talked with a few of our listeners, and they're kind of saying, well, you know, they're okay episodes, but they're not the greatest, so I might try and do something else instead. Um, I, at some point, I might want to kind of do some flashbacks on uh, animated series. Like today, I was watching the Spider-Man animated series, watching one of my favorite episodes, uh, Season 3, Episode 14, uh, Turning Point, which is the... Uh, you know, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin, and then Mary Jane, quote-unquote, you know, dies, but really she just disappears uh, in a portal, but uh, it's very strongly written, so I might talk about that, and talk about that series, what it meant to me. Uh, when that series would have started, I would have been about 10 or 11, so uh, it's a very big part of my childhood was the Spider-Man series, in some ways more so than X-Men, um, uh, although I love both shows, so that might be something I might look at doing in the future. Um, and then episode 200, not sure what that's going to be. I uh, originally thought that was going to be recorded uh, this coming weekend, uh, weeks in advance of it coming out, but uh, that may have been rescheduled. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully episode 200 will be something fun in, in some way. Who knows? Uh, anyways, thank you for joining me for episode 193. We'll see you next time for episode 194, and then we'll see you for the next reviews episode, hopefully sooner than next Thursday. So uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, as well as subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Thank you, and uh, thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.